Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 219. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are things? So I'm recording this on a weekend. I don't normally work. That's absolute rubbish. I was about to say I don't normally work weekends. I do. I often work on a weekend, but I don't normally do something like this on a weekend. But I have had a slightly unusual weekend in the fact that I've been completely on my own, which is very unusual in a house that's normally quite busy. But my husband is away with work in Seattle and my lovely daughter was meant to be here with me this weekend for her birthday and her dad's got COVID and I couldn't risk getting it before my in-person event. So she's had to stay with him, which is a real gutter, but unfortunately is part of the world we are in today. So as I just mentioned, uh, I'm recording this the week before I have three events, two online. Well, it's kind of the same one online, but next level get an extra day. So next level get a day of SOAR, my online event, and then everyone gets the next SOAR day. And then I'm doing my VIP business retreat, which I am so excited about. And it wasn't until I found out that my ex-husband had got COVID that I thought, oh, wow, no, I can't get COVID because if I can't run this event, well, it would spell disaster in many, many ways, financially, uh, emotionally, because I've been so excited about it. Uh, so I'm hidden away in my home on my own, um, doing a bit of work on a weekend as there's no one here. So weirdly, considering I've got all these events next week and the week before recording this, I did another in-person event, but it wasn't mine. It was someone else's. I'm going to talk about speaking. Now, 
The reason I'm going to talk about speaking is because it has done so much for me and my business. And you might be sat there thinking, maybe, maybe not, you know, I might or might not want to do it. But I just thought, let's have a chat about it. Let me tell you and share my story about how I got into it and what it's done for me and that sort of thing. So of all the phobias, you know that speaking is considered the highest. Like, seriously, it, people are very, very fearful of it. In fact, people fear death and end of life less, which is crazy. So why is it that I decided that I wanted to become a speaker and how has that changed me and my business? So you obviously know, or you might know by now that I never actually intended on being a business owner at all. I was employed and I was very good at what I did. I did marketing. I did it all my life. And I decided that when my life changed a bit and I ended up becoming a single parent, that I joked that I had an early midlife crisis very early and um, and basically decided I was going to give up my job, but I was going to get another job. And I was very good at what I did. Who wouldn't want to employ me? Anyway, long story short, because uh, you've probably heard this before, no job was coming because I realized that I was on quite good money for where I lived. And I had to think again because I'd already was in my notice and I decided to set up my own business thinking, well, I've just bought in X amount of money for this business I've worked for. Surely I can do that for myself. Not thinking about all the other things that you have to do as a business owner, just thinking, I'm sure I can do that. So I started my business and like, you know, when you, <laughs> when you start your business, you have this thought in your head, or I guess if you'd asked me, I would have thought this, that as you know, being a business owner, you get to manage your own time, you're your own boss. Obviously I have a daughter, so, you know, I could manage it around her. I could do the school run and it would just be lovely, obviously, because, you know, I was my own boss, but it doesn't quite work out like that, does it? You you go into it thinking that's the case. And then suddenly you end up like finding you work more hours than you've ever worked before. You're juggling more things. Your brain is more distracted. So I probably was a worse parent than I was previously. And also I started building the business, doing an agency. I was an agency. We did stuff for clients and I started putting myself out there as an expert in order to get people for the agency. So I would pitch myself to anyone that would have me. Now, like I said, some people don't want to do this and they might not think, but to even think about doing this. But for me in the early days, it was really, it was really a case of just getting clients because if you're the person stood at a network breakfast doing a talk on social media or marketing or whatever it is that you're an expert at, then who are they going to come to when they need an expert? They'll come to you. And also it's the fact that you basically, I was going to say, get to pitch yourself for like an hour. You don't really get to pitch yourself, but you are pitching yourself by talking and showing that you know what you're talking about. So like I said, I started small. I remember speaking to uh, some mums in a play barn, about four of them. I did the tiniest, smallest events you've ever seen. And it was, you know, and it was good because I was getting clients and people were coming to me. But also the reason you start small is because you can work out what your style is. You can work out how you like to present and then also start to get comfortable because I've, I know people that want to speak and they want to go straight for the big stuff. Well, if I'd gone straight for the big stuff, I'd have been absolutely horrendous. Like all the mistakes and all the probably terrible 
ways I was when I just got started, I would have done on big stages. And not only would I have done it in front of more people, but I would have ruined my chances. So start small. And like I said, it really worked. I was getting noticed and I was getting business. And then I found the online world. Like I said, the whole point of me speaking initially was purely for getting clients. And I started watching the likes of Mari Smith, Amy Porterfield, and I really liked it. I really liked the fact that they got to sit in their office and they got to speak to people from around the world. I remember being on one of my first webinars and Mari shouted my name out. I couldn't have been more excited. And although I'd built myself up as knowing what I was talking about, I wanted to take it further. And I wanted to see whether there was any chance that I could have a bit of the online thing that they had had. So I decided to step out of my comfort zone and decided to put myself on bigger audiences and bigger stages and decided to start to really take the speaking thing seriously, becoming a speaker rather than just someone who spoke at events. And the more I did, the better I got. Like I got more confident. I was more willing to put myself out there. I was willing to ask for to go on bigger stages. So it was like every time someone went, yes, please, or yes, happy for you to talk, they then encouraged me to try again and try and go somewhere else. And don't get me wrong, I got no's. And I remember one of the first no's I got of someone I knew and they were putting on an event. And at this point I was a speaker. And I remember taking that no really personally thinking, why don't they want me? They don't think I'm good enough. And it was nothing of the sort. It was to do with the fact that I didn't meet the profile as in you needed to have something specifically or be part of something. Oh, that was it. You had to have a membership and I didn't have a membership. I was able to help set up other people's memberships and market them and launch them. But I hadn't got my own, which was why I wasn't considered for speaking. Anyway, so like I said, I started speaking all the time, getting on bigger stages, and it did so much for me and my business, more than maybe you might think. Well, the first thing I need to say is that I love it, right? And I remember someone once telling me that, you know, speaking doesn't make you money. So, you know, they said to me, they're not going to do it anymore uh, and neither should I. And I was like, but I love speaking. I love standing on stage. And it meant that I I get in front of big audiences. I did an online event during lockdown that was streamed to 104 countries and had over 500,000 attendees. Like what the hell, man? So yeah, I got to speak to big audiences. I got to build my email list. So I've done lots of summits. I've done lots of standing on stage speaking and people will opt into my list if I offer them something as a lead magnet, which again is really great. It built my know, like, and trust factor. I became an expert because of the fact of standing on stage, because in people's heads, the people who stand on stages are the experts. Now, I'm not the only expert, obviously, there's lots of them, but they saw me as that, which was great. Uh, It grew my business. So doing, so this is one thing that was really interesting, actually. So when I was doing the small talks, it was getting me clients. When I started to step up to the bigger talks, it didn't get me clients. And it was almost like, because you're talking to bigger audiences on bigger stages, it's almost like they expect that you're not, yeah, that maybe you're too expensive or you're not as available. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, it it definitely, the bigger stages didn't help me get clients. However, by this point I had got an online business and it helped huge for that. So you might think, well, you know, I don't want to speak on stage though. You know, this isn't something that I want to do. So 
even knowing that, I still think some of these tips and things I've got can actually help in terms of generally your business and why you should at least consider speaking of some sort. And I don't mean getting on stages that are big and huge. I might mean just doing a training to a small group of people or just be willing to do a 20 minute insight thing on a Zoom call or whatever. Um, and when I say speaking, that's presenting. That is basically you talking to people. So it gets you seen. It makes you an authority. It can build your list. You get to share your story. So people, that's really nice. Actually, the first lot of talks I used to do was always really practical talks. Like this is how to use Instagram or this is how to do this thing. And, and now I get to talk more about my story, which I really like. It inspires others. It makes you sought after. Like I said, it builds that know, like, and trust. And do you know what the best thing is? You get to meet different people. Like you get to, like I, some of the relationships I've built up, I could only have built up by the fact that I was either speaking or that I was at the actual event, whether I was speaking or not. So, so yeah, so for me, it did loads. And there are other areas where becoming a confident speaker will help. So when you're doing online training or in-person training, or if you're asking a business for business, for business, for business, for business, if you're asking someone for business, if you're going on a podcast or getting interviewed. So all of these kind of things will help in terms of developing who you are and, and that sort of thing. So like I said, when I talk about being a speaker, it's not just about speaking on a stage. So truth though, about being a speaker, if you do want to be a speaker, speaker, in my world, in the online space and the marketing world and marketing conferences rarely pay. So if I go and speak at a marketing conference, I rarely get paid. The other truth is speaking, the world is not as diverse as it should be. There are not enough people who are not white males speaking. So often I can find myself on a panel or on a stage like I did just last week where I'm the only female and there is no one of colour. And like I said, the other truth is that smaller talks are good for getting business, bigger talks are good for audience. So if you want to get started, if you want to start building your confidence with kind of going out there and speaking to the world, whether it's on a stage or whether it's just to help you with podcast interviews or whatever, start small. Don't go pitching to the big stuff straight away because you'll be sorry that you did because you've missed that one opportunity to be brilliant. So do tiny talks. Anyone that will listen, do online events, Facebook groups, schools, small businesses, anywhere that you can speak, just try, just give it a go. Don't try and be someone else. They are already taken. So you need to be completely authentically you. Now, for instance, let's take someone like Jasmine Starr. I love how she speaks. She's a great speaker. I love how sassy she is. I love the way she talks. If I was to start talking like that, I would sound like a prize idiot, literally like a prize idiot. So I can't be anybody else but myself. The other thing you have to do is you have to know your subject. Now, I was talking to someone weirdly just last week about this, about, you know, you could say to me, right, you've got 10 minutes and you need to stand, that, stand on that stage and talk for an hour about but one of my things I talk about. And I could with ease because I know what I'm talking about. So if it makes you feel more confident, it, you know, it will make you feel more confident, but it doesn't have to be the be all and end all in terms of like, it's not like you need to know everything about your subject, but you do need to know that you can talk about your subject for 20 minutes without notes and nonstop. Do you know what I mean? Like if I said to you, tell me about what you do. If you could talk at me for 20 minutes, then that's a good place to start. 
start with practical talks. Like I said, in the early days, mine were all practical. It was like five ways to get more followers or things you should be doing on social media now or how to build a list. And the reason I say not to go straight in with like the motivational speaker stuff is because it's hard. Like practical stuff is far easier. Trying to be inspirational is, is not easy. If I'm speaking, I use slides to help me stay on track, but I don't put stuff on, loads of stuff on them. They tend to literally just be like a few lines and it helps me then think what it is that I've then got to say next. But yeah, so I always use slides. And then don't worry about being human. We all are as irritating as it is. We are. So you may mess up. You may get asked a question that you don't know. Uh, Someone in the audience might know more than you, but you need to remember you're just adding your voice and your thoughts to the subject. Also, don't worry about your ums and your ahs. I talk too fast. I get told I talk too fast. It's just the way I speak. Although as Jasmine Starr says, I don't talk fast. You listen slow. Yeah, that's what she says. So you are going to be scared. If you're thinking about putting yourself out there, you are going to be scared and you are going to think, what if all the things? So this is what I suggest you do. And if you are in my world, you know, I talk about this a lot. Write down everything that you think might go wrong. Like I will fall over when I get on stage. I'll forget my words. And then write down, what would you do about it if you did? Like if I fell over, what would I do? I'd be really embarrassed, but I'd get up and go, well, that was an entrance. You know what I mean? Like I would just make some joke of it. So with these sorts of things, it is always a case of just getting on with it and trying to get over that fear. So if you're sat there thinking, yeah, I'd quite like to give this a go. I've got a couple of steps for you. So the first thing I want you to do is to pick two subject areas that you can talk about, because not everyone will want the one subject area or the one talk that you've put together. So you could probably do with like two or maybe three different things. So, and it can just be different angles on stuff. So it could be like how to grow your following on Instagram or how to get sales using Instagram or whatever it is your subject area is. So pick two subjects and then think of some small groups that you can speak at. Like, you know, think about who you know, who has a small group or a networking group and ask them if you can do that little talk there for them. And as always, ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? Since I started speaking, honestly, I have spoke on some amazing stages. I've spoken for National Association of Estate Agents. I spoke at Marketed Live, Marketing Week conferences in Greece and in Cyprus. I spoke at Atomicon every year. I've spoken at the World's Marketing Summit and so many other places, Inbound, Hotmart, lead pages. I spoke for Agora Pulse. I spoke for Right Move. So many places. And I became a TEDx speaker. I got to travel for free, which was amazing. I won an award for being, you know, a speaker. And I got to host the podcast because it gave me confidence to do all that. So honestly, even if you're not thinking about speaking, there are some skills and some benefits of you being more confident in speaking. Like I said, even if it's just going on a podcast interview, if it's pitching for something, if it's having a conversation with someone, having some of those skills and getting out of your comfort zone is is really good. Now, is it for everyone? No. it's Speaking is not for everyone. There are speakers that I've seen talk that honestly, it's not about, it's not about how much knowledge you have. It's about how you can put it across. So you could have someone who's the most smartest person in the world, but has no charisma. And therefore 
you watch them speak and nothing sinks in and they don't engage the audience. Or you could have someone who knows less than they do, but they have, you know, interest and they're charismatic and they can hold a room and therefore you'll take in every word they say. So like I said, it's not that I'm sat here saying everyone go out and be a speaker because I don't think that's the case. But I do think thinking about some of those skills you need to be a speaker or some of the things that it can do for your business is is really helpful. So this was a bit of a, a quick episode this week. I hope uh, you've got a few bits from it. And if you do fancy being a speaker, then let me know. I'd love to, you know, give you some advice if I can. I love it. Like I said, it's something that I'm so glad the world's starting opening up again because I love nothing more than being standing on a stage. It's awesome. Okay, have a lovely week and I'll be back next week with a really good interview uh, with my lovely friend Ross who talks about how to get conversions on your website. So how do you actually get people to buy when they visit your site? It's going to be really good. Okay, have a lovely week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 